Uh, we're going to read out of Luke 2, as we always do when Christmas comes around. Uh, Pastor has taught the last three weeks on the nativity, and uh, I'm going to speak a little bit today about, I don't know, I, again, thinking about Christmas, I, I'm kind of one of those Christmas nuts. I just love the whole season and the whole vibe, and I almost named the name of my sermon, These Are a Few of My Favorite Things. Because when I think about Christmas, there's so many things about the season that I love. But today I wanna to talk about a few of my favorite things, but I couldn't do it without putting Jesus in the title because too many times we leave Jesus out of Christmas. And I didn't wanna do a secular song, so I'm just gonna to talk today about a few of my favorite things, but our, our joy is in Jesus, amen? So that's what our title's gonna to be today. If you'll read with me out of Luke 2, it says, in, the days, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the entire inhabited earth should be, I'm gonna read off the screen if that's okay, it should be registered. The census first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph, say Joseph. Didn't pastor do a great job talking about Joseph last week? How many were here last week? Great message on Joseph. Also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was in the house and lineage of David to be registered with his wife, the betrothed wife, Mary, who was with child. So it was while they were there, the days completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born unto you today in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was an angel, with, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward man. Lord, I pray that you speak through me. Allow me to shut up and let you speak up. This is your day. We bring all glory and honor to you. We praise you in advance for the touch of the hearts of those under the sound of my voice today, that you will touch their hearts, that they will hear you speak. They will feel your love and your Holy Spirit abiding inside of them. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. A few of my favorite things, because of the blessing of Christmas, so many things that we have to be thankful for. I love the way that uh, Pastor Tobin and Jojo did the blessing and your children and your family and all around us and beside us and on and on. We sing that song and that song takes on a different meaning this time of year because there are so many of our favorite things that we get to celebrate simply because of the birth of Jesus Christ. And today is his birthday. It's not just Christmas, it's the birth of Jesus and all that the birth of Jesus affords us and allows us. Let's talk about just a few of those things if we can. Pastor Tobin talked a little bit about peace. The first thing I think about was what it says, peace. 
unto all. Peace and good tidings, good news, all the things that peace brings us. I wanna talk a little bit about peace today, if that's okay, because I think we've misconstrued and misdefined the word peace. We've limited the word of peace in the English language because all we think about when we hear the word peace becomes peace in the Middle East. Peace in Israel. Peace. We want peace. Let's peace. Back in the 60s during the Vietnam War, everything was peace, man. Peace. Jeep code. If you drive a Jeep and you drive down the road and you got a Jeep, you got to say peace. And then they put a duck in your Jeep and y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but I got a Jeep. Peace. And we've misconstrued. We, we, it's a good word, but it's, it's so much better than that. See, the, the word peace comes from the word shalom. The word shalom is so much grander than when you're greeted and you come up to somebody and you say, hey, how you doing? You don't even expect a reply. Hey, what's up? You don't even hang around to see if they say, I don't feel good. I, things aren't good. It's, hey, what's up? Oh, did you reply? I wasn't expecting a reply. But when you say that word shalom, it's so much greater than good morning or how you doing or what's up. See, shalom is greater than the, the word or, or the, the definition of avoidance of conflict. We think about peace. We want peace between Israel and Palestine. We want peace in the Middle East, but that's an avoidance of conflict. But when you talk about that word shalom, that word means completion. It means fullness. It means we're concerned about your well-being. Peace and shalom is so much greater than what we've limited to in our language today. It refers to wholeness. I heard somebody say it this way. It refers to satiation. Anybody know what satiation means? Satiation means that you are so full that you literally can't take another bite. That's what shalom gives the believer today. Because of the birth of Jesus Christ, that simple birth in that manger, and I, I gotta say today, I, I want us to give the innkeeper a break. I'm tired of rolling the innkeeper under the bus because he had no room at the inn. We owned hotels, my dad's here today, he owned multiple hotels, I was partnering one of those hotels. Innkeepers don't just turn away people. Give the guy a break, okay? Because had he known do you not think, man, I could have marketed that thing. <laughs> the son of God was born in this hotel. Uh, it was 150 a night, now it's 1,000 a night. You want to stay where the son of God was born? Divvy it up, baby. You're gonna, you're gonna have to pay me, so give the innkeeper a break, sidebar. Irene, the word, Greek word Irene in Ephesians tells us that he is our peace. John 4, 27, as Tobin said, is he's our prince of peace. See, here, here's what I want to teach you today. In Luke 17, so we read out of Luke 2, right? The birth of Jesus, and the book continues on, as do the four gospels, with the works of Jesus, the miracles that he performed while on earth. And Luke 17 tells us about the 10 lepers. They were unclean. They were cast out. They could not participate with the general community because they had leprosy a communicable, contagious disease that ostracized them. They were the epitome of gross. But they came to Jesus and said, would you heal us of our leprosy? And he said, because of your faith, I will heal you of your leprosy. 10 were healed on the spot. He said, hey, I'm gonna heal you. If you believe, just take a walk. While you're walking, you will be healed. 10 were healed as they walked away from Jesus. Jesus. 
but only one returned and said, I've been healed. I've got to go say thank you. I've got to be grateful for this blessing. I've suffered. I've been ostracized. I couldn't see anybody. I couldn't participate. I was, I was kicked out of the community because I'm gross, but Jesus has healed me. Jesus, thank you. The other nine did not return, but the one got the full blessing. See, nine were healed, but one was made whole simply because he had an attitude of gratitude. Today I ask you, do you thank him enough? Are you grateful? Do you get up each morning with praise before you petition? Do you ask him for things first or do you say thank you? Before I ask you for anything, I just wanna say thank you for everything. That should be our attitude today. That one was made whole. He was satiated. Peace that passes all understanding tells us that our finite minds are not able to fully comprehend all that Jesus means to us. All that that day, tomorrow that we celebrate, all that that means to us. Peace is one of the few of my favorite things this Christmas. Another one is hope. The psalmist says in Psalm 39, my hope is in you. See, Jesus gives all of us hope. Today, many feel hopeless, but Jesus gives us hope. He is the reason for the season. We hear that all the time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. His name is Wonderful, Counselor. Jesus is the reason for the season. It's not because there'll be parties for hosting marshmallows, for toasting and caroling out in the snow. Did you hear me sing? It's the most wonderful time of the year because Jesus is the reason for the season. It's the hap happiest season of all. There'll be much mistletoeing. Hey, babe. I got a little mistletoe in the kitchen. Much mistletoeing, hearts all a-glowing when loved ones are near Andy Williams. No, it's because Jesus is the reason for the season. The wonderful counselor was born on Christmas Day, giving all of us hope. When we hear he's the reason for the season, it's because he is. He was born on this Christmas Day, lived then as a physical human person, lives and abides and resides in us today. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us that he's got a plan for us. It's a plan to give us a future and a hope. One translation says that he'd actually give you the future that you hoped for. See, when we get hopeless, we just need to think about Jesus. Jesus is our hope today. The most wonderful time of the year. Hope is much more than a longing or some perceived want or something that maybe we need. See, Scripture says that we should have hope. And if all we had was something that we wanted, Scripture would not command us to have hope. It's too important that we have hope because not for something we want, not for something we need, but, but have, have companionship and intimacy with Jesus. Hope is the very anchor for our soul. It's a confident expectation, believing and having faith that God will do what he said he will do because of sending his only son, Jesus Christ. The hope of Christ helps us remain steady and secure in times that are not. These times can be challenging. Our lives may go up and down, but Jesus is steady. He's an anchor. He's a rock. He never changes. He never wavers. He never fails. 
Today I challenge you that whatever circumstances take place in your life, understand that the character of God never changes. He's steady, he's secure. Latch on, hold on, hold on to the promise of Jesus Christ. I think of the hope that children have and all of us at some point in time thought of Christmas as a little bit different than maybe we do now because we thought about that gift that we asked for. Anybody remember when you were kids and you made a Christmas list? Some of you are still making Christmas lists and you're 60 years old, you need to stop. <laughs> but I, I remember as a kid when I would ask for things and, and you go in and, and mom, oh, excuse me, Santa, had put, a, had put the gifts out and you go in and you start looking at that package and saying, I don't know if a PS3 can fit in that box. That box is a little bit too little for that thing that I asked for. You know, I'm just not sure. Or, man, that's a huge box. You know what? I bet they've put multiple boxes in that thing to trick me. Because, see, packaging is priority. It's important how you package your present. See, sometimes we don't get the gift we've asked for, but Jesus is the hope that we've always hoped for. Today, he is the gift that we've hoped for. He's the greatest gift we could ever ask for. He's the one that makes us whole, secures us to a God who is not moved by the things that move us. The long-awaited Messiah who was the suffering servant who left glory to come down to become one of us, to rescue us and secure us and to give us hope. A few of my favorite things, peace, hope. How about joy? See, Jesus brings us fullness of joy. In Luke 2.10, the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy. I love the phraseology there because it's good news, but it's great joy. And see, too many times, and I'm not, I'm not dissing anybody, but in the church in Atlanta where I used to be, we would say things like, God is good, and all the time. And I've taught you before, I, one day it just hit me, that's an understatement. He's not just good, he's great. In fact, he's the greatest of all time. Let's recognize the deity. In that day in the manger, he was deity in diapers. He was king of the crib. He's Jesus Almighty and he brought us joy and his whole purpose was to come to bring us joy, to save us, secure us, to give us life, to give us hope. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, I'm full of sorrow, yet I'm restoring my joy because this present circumstance is not my final outcome. Your present circumstance tonight is not your final outcome. Whatever you may feel like you're going through today, it's not final. We're talking about eternity, folks. We're talking about a life eternal. Matthew 5, 12 says that I'm persecuted, but rejoice because my reward is in heaven. Isaiah, gladness and joy overtook them. Sorrow and mourning must flee. Tell somebody, your sorrow and your mourning must flee. Joy today in Jesus' name. I thought about this. You can clap. I'm sorry. I... I need to give you a praise break. I, I don't have Julian up here to help me. So, I thought about this. Can you imagine the joy that Mary experienced? 
Can you imagine? I, I mean, I was in the room, and, and how many of you, you fathers, you were in the room when your children were born. I was there when Stephanie gave birth to Hallie, my 24-year-old, my Kaylee, my 22-year-old. I was there. I was in the room, and I experienced such great joy when, when that baby came out. And the long-awaited anticipation was over and the baby came out and, and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm tearful, I'm, I'm exuberant, I'm overwhelmed, but I remember the first time when Hallie, our oldest, came out and the doctor and nurse cleaned her up, wrapped her up in a blanket, laid that baby on my wife's chest. My wife was overwhelmed. She could not control her tears. The joy just overtook her. It's something that I could have never felt because see, I did not carry that child for nine months. I did not have morning sickness and body disformation and the uncomfortable nine months. I did not have eight to 10 to 20 or 30 hours of labor that some of you ladies have experienced. There's no way I could have felt that. Could you imagine what Mary felt that day? All the uncertainty and the confusion was confirmed. Oh, she had to go through labor. Think about it. There were no doctors or midwives. There were no injections. Think of the joy that Mary felt when that child, Jesus, came and she realized that she had given birth to the Savior of the world. See, this joy and faith is expectancy and it's anticipation. And Jesus gave us that when he came that day. Joy and faith are bigger than this life. It, it extends beyond this life that we call a vapor. Faith is required, and 1 Peter 1, 8 says, though you've not seen him, you love him, but you don't see him, you still believe in him. And because you believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy that's inexpressible because he is full of glory. You greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible. Hebrews 6 says something curious because how many of y'all had a, you got a pretty big meal planned today or tomorrow? Anybody? Anybody? Mom and them? Grandmama, they're going to lay out a spread, right? I started thinking about the food that we celebrate with with Christmas, and I started thinking about the extra 10 pounds I gain every time this year. And I, you know, clothes fit a little tighter. They lay out a spread. But I started thinking of the things that we only eat at Christmas and how good they taste. They're so pleasing to your taste buds. You just can't get enough. Why do you gain weight? Because you eat so much of it. The Bible tells us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Think about the sweetest taste you could put in your mouth and it's exponentially sweeter than that. The Bible says that you've tasted the heavenly gift, therefore you are partakers of the Holy Spirit because you've tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. A few of my favorite things, peace, hope, joy, all things that we can possess because of the birth of Jesus Christ. I'll give you one more. I'm not going to preach a long time, but let me give you one more. How about love? The Hebrew word, ahava, Aramaic, which is the language Jesus spoke, rachma, rach, rachma. The Greek word that we refer to so often is agape. See, Romans 5, 8 tells us that Christ demonstrated his own love for us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. We didn't get cleaned up like these babies did. They didn't, they didn't clean. You don't have to get cleaned up 
and wrapped in the right clothes. And today you may not have what other people have. And you might've done something last night that you shouldn't have done. You might've been somewhere you shouldn't have been. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the agape love. Let me tell you what agape means. It means unchanging, unwavering, unmerited, and unearned. There's nothing you can do to earn the love of Jesus Christ. There's nothing you can do to change the love of Jesus Christ. You can't be real good and get more, and you can't be real bad and get less. It's unearned. It unwavers. It is not moved by the things that move us. Christ's love is for all. And he's no respecter of persons. He does not love Pastor Gary more than he loves me because Pastor Gary feeds and, and serves thousands of people through share ministries. And he doesn't love me any more than he does you because I'm on staff at a church and you rarely go to church. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. But he takes that love and he twists it and turns it and it's something that's always confused me. And Pastor Gary, maybe you can help me with this, but... I've always been confused by this because he's God. Controls it all, owns it all, has it all, can tell us to do whatever he wants us to. And one of the commandments is that we love others as we love ourselves. Repeatedly throughout the Bible, love your neighbor as yourself, love others. If you got alms with your brother, go make alms before you ask me for anything. Love each other. But he makes no requirement that we love him. Jesus leaves us with a choice of whether to accept him or not. See, he commands us that we got to love people that we don't even like. But he does not say, you will love me, you will serve me, you will submit to me because I'm God. I look at it this way. You're on the playground in grade school and you got every fourth and fifth grade person out there, some you like, some you don't, and you go to recess and you pick captains and you pick a game and you play freeze tag or dodgeball or whatever. And you, you pick the best players. And then there are those that don't get picked. And here's the way I see it. Jesus is saying, you got to pick everybody out here. You got to love every one of them, put, put every one of them on your team, but don't forget me. Please pick me. I'm not going to be the team captain. I'm not going to tell you who to pick. I'm not going to tell you how to play. I'm not going to tell you how to live. I'm not going to tell you what not to do. Please pick me. Let me be a part of your team. Today he's saying, please pick me. Let me be a part of your life. I promise you life's better. I promise you your team will get better if you just pick me. I make no requirement because I leave the choice up to you. It's hard for my mind to understand that until you understand that he gives you peace that passes all understanding. Our infinite, our, our finite mind cannot comprehend the love of the Savior. Jesus measures love by how we treat others. And he died for that right for us to love others and to possibly choose him. See, loving Jesus is easy for me. It's such a simple message. It was a, a simple birth. Nothing in this story is complex. Let me sum it up for you in this. In a world that is selfish, in a world that gets up every morning and first thing you do is click on your selfish media, 
Yeah, I said selfish. You got to get on that platform and you got to see what everybody's posting. And I got to argue with somebody in Colorado that I don't even know about something I have no idea what I'm talking about. Selfish media. I click on the TV and put it on the channel that tells me what I want to hear because politically they line up with me and half the time it's exaggerated. In a world that says, what's in it for me? A selfish world that we live in that, let's be honest, all of us have a little bit of that too. In a selfish world, we serve a Jesus that says, not what's in it for me, but what can I do for you? What would you ask for me to do for you today? What do you need today? Because see, I'm Jehovah Jireh, your provider. What do you need taken care of today? I heal 10 lepers, I can heal you because I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm God, your healer. I don't need anything from you, but please pick me. Let me be on your team. Let me show you my love. Let me demonstrate my love for you in that while you were still sinners, I died for you. This time of year, it's all about giving and you know, shopping is crazy nowadays and, and online and in stores. You don't, you don't want to go to the mall. I know Jeremy said you're going to the mall. Don't go to the mall. You will lose your salvation looking for a parking place and you got a little R on the back of your car. You better take that sticker off when you start giving people the one finger salute. Just don't do it. Stop it. But it's all about giving and we search and we research and we, I told you, the, the, even the packaging has gotten so elaborate. I saw Kim Kardashian's wrapping stuff in cloth, not paper. So now the new trend is everybody's gonna go out and spend money on fabric to wrap gifts. Are we brain dead? How many of you, somebody in your family is impossible to shop for? Just, just show me. Has anybody, anybody got anybody in your family that's impossible to shop for? Do you do it anyway? Do you still go online and try to find every year, you're on Amazon, you're on Apple, what's the latest gadget? You go to Sharper Image and Brookstone, what's the latest gadget? I, I go on Dick's Sporting Good, what's the latest cap that that golfer likes? And what's the latest gadget that that fisher person likes? And, and what's the latest sweater and pair of shoes? And, and then you're, you go through all this process and then it hits you again. About two weeks into the process, they got all they want. And if they really wanted that, they're so blessed that they would just go get it for themselves anyway. So what am I doing? Anybody else share my confusion? And, and... But do you still get them a gift? Do you still try? Do you still package it perfectly? Do you still go get the, the right paper and the right bow and packaging is such a priority to present the present to the person? Yes. Yes, you do. And in our situation, my mom and dad are here. They're wonderful people. They're blessed people, but they're impossible to shop for. My dad wants a new sweater. He's blessed. He can go get him a new sweater at Dillard's. If he wants a new pair of shoes, he can go get him a new pair of shoes at Dillard's. So what am I going to give him? But I still try. And then Steph gets the packaging perfect and wraps it up because packaging, it, it, it's important how you present that present to that person. I've gotten gadgets 
for years, no offense, Dad, they're still in the box. I labor, I spend my hard-earned money. We shop, we go to every store, we go online, we do it, and she wraps it up, and it's got the perfect bow, and he says, oh, thank you. Five years later, he says, hey, can you go get my tie out of my closet? And I look, and there it is, still in the box. But we don't stop trying to give our best gifts from our hard-earned money, perfectly packaged, presented to that person just because they have everything, do we? Today I ask you, what are you presenting to the King of Kings? The one who gave you life. The one who has blessed you. The one, if you're here today, you're blessed. I don't care what you think you're going through. If you got clothes on your back, food on your table, and a seat in this house, you are blessed. What are you presenting to the king? Have you given it the kind of thought that you give to the people that you'll celebrate Christmas with? See, packaging is important, and, and, and presenting that present to the person of Jesus Christ is so important. And you say, well, what could I give him? He's a king. He controls it all. He owns it all. Think about the wise men. 700 miles, something like that. How, how long, Gary? Six to eight, 10 months that it took for them to get there. You think that Jesus as a toddler needed gold, frankincense, myrrh? You think, you think a toddler needs cologne? They didn't give it because he needed it. They give it because they needed to give. They gave it out of honor and out of worship. Today, what are you presenting? What present are you presenting the king, the savior of the world? What are you giving him? Are you giving him your best? Are you giving him just because you love him, not because he needs it? Give him because you love him. One choice can bring you all four of these favorite things. Peace, hope, joy, and love. Stand with me. In a moment, we're gonna light candles and we're gonna sing and we're gonna worship and we're gonna celebrate all that this day reflects and all that this day means. But when I got this assignment, Pastor Gary was in the room and others were in the room I immediately started praying and asking and telling our staff we're going after souls on that Sunday. It may be Christmas and it might be a little bit different than it normally is and Pastor Kevin's not here. But today might be your day. It might change the trajectory of your life. It might give you a chance at peace that you've never had that passes all understanding. It might give you a chance at hope in a hopeless world. It might give you a chance at joy that you've not felt in a long time, simply because of the love of Jesus. Today, he desperately wants you to, to pick him because he wants to take over the game. We wanna let Jesus take the wheel. Let him drive it. Submit, put your, hand, put your plans in his hands today. And this is your time. If you would, just close your eyes with me for just a moment of meditation and reverence to this moment. Think about all that Jesus has done for you. Think about the love that is beyond our comprehension and think about eternity. Remember this life is but a vapor. 
Today you have an opportunity to make a choice. And let me just say it this way. Some of you may have never, ever made that choice and surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. Today is your day. Some of you have done that in the past, but you've strayed and life's gotten tough and you've lost faith. But today is your day to repent and start all over again. You're going into a new year. What a great day it would be today to start all over and rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, the peace giver, the peace speaker. If your head's bowed and your eyes are closed and today you say, hey, that's me. I need Jesus in a powerful way in my life. I don't have all the peace, hope, and joy that you've spoken of today, but today I'm going to choose him. I'm going to pick him. I'm going to select him. I'm going to surrender to him and let him drive my life. If that's you and you're in this room, would you raise your hand? Signify that that's you today. I need Jesus in my life. I see your hands. I see your hands all over. I wonder if you'd be bold enough to say, I meant what I said. I said what I meant. I said what I said. I'm serious about this. I need his peace. I need his joy. I need hope, Richie. I need hope today. If that's you and you raised your hand, or even if you didn't, would you come down and let us pray for you? As they come, cheer them on. Let them know that we're excited that they're here today. Come on, come on, boy, there's more of you. There's more of you that need more of Jesus. This is your day. There's more of you that need more of Jesus. Come on down, I see you, come on. Look at this young man coming right here. Praise the Lord, give him praise. Come to Jesus at an early age. Who else, this is your day. What a great day to receive Jesus on his birthday. Praise God. Bless you. Thank you, Lord. All praise and glory. Anybody else? We'll wait one more minute. Anybody else? This is your day. There's a tugging in your heart, and you need to yield to that. And I promise you, you will never regret surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. More peace, more joy, more hope. Come on, here they come. Here they come. Still coming. Praise the Lord. Still coming. I want you to know that this is why we have service on Christmas Eve. This is the reason. He's the reason for the season, but salvation of souls is what it's all about. The mission of this church is to show love so that they will love the Savior of the world. As they pray, let me just speak this over to you. I, I've been praying a lot and, and feeling like there's something to say over the general body of the church and those that are 
surrendering their life to Christ today, but I felt this, I felt the Lord would have you here that doing good matters, but it does not make me love you less or more. Today, I want you to stop, trust, stop trying and start trusting. Place your plans in my hands for I am your savior. My love for you is unlimited, unconditional, unchanging and undeserved. I love you. I died for you in the worst of your conditions. Today, accept my grace for my grace is my gift unto you. It costs me a lot, but it is free and attainable to you. Can you praise the Lord? Can you give him praise today? Can you thank him for these souls that have been saved and all the rededicated lives that are taking place today at RTTN? If you're online and you're watching today and your hope has been shattered, your joy has been stolen, I just challenge you today to pray a quick prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. I can no longer do this without you. Save me, Lord, I pick you. I choose you today. Live, reside in my heart today, and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, if you pray that, we believe that you've accepted Jesus and that your life is on the right track. In Jesus' name, amen. As they pass out the candles, we are gonna go out with a celebration of Christmas. Does everybody have candles? Who does not? If you don't have a candle, raise your hand. Those that do not have candles, please raise your hand. Ushers, help us out. I want everybody to participate. Can we get a candle in everyone's hands? We're gonna get a candle in everyone's hands. Pastor Tobin's gonna to lead us in a quick verse. When you get that candle lighted up, as soon as it's all lit up, we're gonna have uh, the lights go down. Candles up, lights will go down, and then I'm gonna release you with a prayer of blessing, so do not leave until we have that final blessing. Pastor Tobin. Let's sing this together this morning. Let's worship as we sing. Oh,
Jesus, we love you this morning. We honor you. We thank you for your birth. We thank you for your death and your resurrection. It is by you and your name that we are saved. And this holiday, we choose to celebrate you and acknowledge your name everywhere we go. You are the reason for the season. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you just stretch your candles this way? I want to give you a three-part blessing as you leave today. When we've talked about a few of our favorite things, peace, hope, joy, and love, but I want to tell you about the God that you serve as you hold those candles. This God loves us. We just got to pray with somebody who was so precious, receiving Christ. God loves us. That's indisputable, by the way. He loves us. We know that. He sent his only son proving that he loves us. But he's also with us. Do you see him? Do you seek him? Because if you seek him, you will find him. See, the shepherds sought him. The wise men sought him. And today, God is all around you. If you're looking for him, you will see him. He loves you, and he is with you. But lastly, he is for you. Our God is for you. That song so powerfully, repetitively says, he is for you. He is for you. He is for you. If you look for him, you will find him because he's not hiding and you have easy access to him today. He shows up all the time solving problems that we never saw and never see a way out of. And he shows up all the time providing opportunities that we could never dream of. Can you receive that today? In Jesus' name, peace. Hope, joy, and love covers you this Christmas season. Go in the name of Jesus Christ.